So Lord God, we come before you, and Father, we ask that you would be in our midst, Lord, that we would come before you and know how strong you are, how amazing you are, how glorious you are, Lord, and also that you are peaceful and calm and still, Lord, and in the stillness, we can experience you, and we can know you, and we can be in your presence and and feel you and feel you just in this amazing way. And so, Lord, would you speak through your scripture uh, about what it is to be still and to experience you like never before? Lord, open our eyes to see, open our hearts and our minds and our life that we might encompass this understanding of what, you've, are, what you're creating for us to be in your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is week two of our series called Just Be. And so this week I'm going to be focusing on the aspect of just be still. And so being still can be awkward can it? Like being still, being quiet, uh, just being somber and not doing anything. It can feel even just uncomfortable at different times, right? Because the world that we live in, the world outside is, is loud, very loud, uh, and, and just constantly, you know, beaming at us. And, and so here's the reality. The reason we wanted to focus an entire week on being still is because we need this. We need this badly and desperately because there is an art to being still and being present with the Lord. And, and so let me just ask you, how are you at being still? Uh, if you were to rank yourself one to 10, like what, what kind of score would you give yourself like in just being still and being calm? Uh, because our world is addicted to noise. Uh, our world is very loud. There's constant like noise and just activity. I mean, we have TV and people will even turn the TV on and leave it on even though they're not in the room. And just, just to have sound like going, you know, people talking throughout the house or, or we'll listen to music at every single time. If there's silence when we get in the car, we make sure to turn the radio on or listen to a CD or whatever it is. Or, or we're watching some type of YouTube video, uh, constantly have our nose in a screen and, 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 and we look at gosh, our calendars are constantly filled and full of things and we're filling them up you know, with things and activity and stuff. And, and I, I mean, I've even talked to people, well, they'll say very clearly that, that they can't even concentrate if it's too quiet, like that they've got to have some kind of background noise or music you know, playing in order for them to be able to focus. And so my youngest son is 10 years old and he can play on the PlayStation. He can be watching a YouTube video on the laptop and have his earbuds in while he's listening to music from his phone. And so all three are playing at the same time, and he can know exactly what's going on at the same time in all three. And, and so I'm like, I'm not proud of that, but I kind of am, like in a twisted way, because like, it's actually impressive. Uh, but man, everywhere we go, right, there, there's people that are on their phones and constantly distracted and looking and you know, trying to stay connected and, and, and have noise going on, and people just, people just don't wait in stillness and in quiet. We don't. If we go in the doctor's office and we're sitting there, like we don't want to be there, right? But, but we'll, we'll be doing something. We'll find something to do. We'll look at our phone or you know, whatever it is. If we're in a waiting room of some sort, if we're in a restaurant and we're sitting waiting to get, to get seated, we're, you know, we're doing something on our phone or we're, even while we're sitting waiting for our food, like we can't just sit there right, and be still and be calm. Even when we drive, we're texting when we drive and we know like it's illegal. We're not supposed to, but, but we're going, oh, look, I've got to do this and I need to. And it's, we're afraid that we're going to miss something. We've got to respond right away. We've got to be like engaged. I mean, gosh, and forget about talking to strangers like that just doesn't happen anymore. 
I mean, we, we just don't realize how busy we truly are until we actually stop. Until we stop and take a breath and find some calm and find some still. And, and so in Scripture, there is a clear pattern uh, uh, of what this looks like, that we can have a lifestyle of calm and still, and, 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 and we need to experience this in our life. And so Jesus is the perfect model for this, where he was with his disciples. And so he, he called them and would pray for them and talk with them, and, and, and really he was discipling them, right? He was training them because those guys were the ones that were going to bring the good news to the entire globe. I mean, that, that was the strategy. So Jesus had three years to download everything into these young men so that they could take the, 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 the story of Christ and his redemption, his crucifixion and resurrection to all society, to the entire world. So they had a mission, right? They had a purpose. And I mean, you and I, we've been in trainings, right? We've been in classes in school. And, and, and so, I mean, these guys, the, Jesus was very busy trying to teach them and show them. And they were traveling in and around, right? They weren't flying or driving, but they, they were walking constantly, you know, in and around Israel, different cities and towns. And, and so one time, Jesus uh, miraculously, instantaneously healed a leper, Right? This, this gentleman had leprosy, which is when you, know, you get a skin disease and your skin flakes off and it, and it begins to corrode your fingers and your feet. And like it's, it's horrific. It's very contagious. And, and so Jesus heals this man, right? It's amazing. It's a miraculous, instantaneous just transformation. But the thing that's interesting is Jesus tells him not to tell anybody. He says, hey, don't tell anyone what has happened to you. And the reason Jesus would do this at different times is because like, his fame was starting to grow. And, and he had to have his time here on earth, not only to pour into the disciples, but also to understand the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the timing that was laid out for him. And so like, Jesus was going to, trying to say, hey, like, d- d- I don't need you to tell anybody. But here's what happens in Luke chapter 5, verse 15. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And so there's a lot going on in this verse, right? It's amazing, the miracle, it's incredible. But there's one word that we've got to notice, and it's the word often. Jesus often withdrew to go to a quiet place, to be alone, to be still. And so when the rest of us, uh, if we were quite honest, if the, the rest of us, we would record this and put it on YouTube to try and get as many followers as we could. Uh, like, oh my gosh, did you see the, the miracle that took place? Like, they, we, we've got to record this and like, I got to post this. This is incredible. This is amazing. And, and Jesus, like, he's like, nah, I'm going to go and be by myself. And so I just, like, Jesus prioritized stillness and his relationship with his dad, and connecting with him. And so he would carve out time deliberately to be alone with God. And so God's voice, God's voice gets loud in our life when we are able to quiet the roar of the world that's in and around us. Uh, Because that, that just, it takes us making that a priority. Right? We've got to make the conscious choice to be connected with God, to be alone with Him. And, and, and the thing that's wonderful and amazing is there are definitely benefits from stillness. 
right, from just be still, like there are incredible benefits. And so God, you know, he, he gives the Ten Commandments to Moses, you know, and he puts them on the tablets. And, and so the fourth commandment is actually my first point, and it's about the Sabbath rest. And this comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. Everybody say any. Any. We may not do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and your foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And so he's given, giving us the example, right? I mean, we're talking about God of the universe, like the one true living God who creates everything in six days. I mean, everything like speaks, speaks it into existence. And Jesus is following that command. He's following, you know, in accordance with that and resting on the Sabbath. And, and so this is a holy, sacred, worshipful, restful day that God has consecrated. And even the donkeys were allowed to have a day off, right? Even the livestock, they had a break. And so how much more important are you and I? And so how about you? Like, how about you? Like, how are you at having a worshipful, restful day? One out of seven. Like, how are you at doing that? And so I hope, I hope that you're great at it. I really do. Like, I hope you, you go, this is, this is easy for me. Like, I love this, and I'm, I'm great at this. But I think that most Americans are terrible at a Sabbath day of rest because we live just such a high pace, high activity, full calendar, active schedule. Like, our lifestyle is so busy that we squeeze the rest and the Sabbath out because of all the other things we're trying to get done. I mean, if I were to talk about your schedule, right? I'm just going to give kind of a general example of a schedule. And maybe this is similar to yours. Maybe yours is a little bit different. But for, for the most part, you know, most people kind of work like a Monday to Friday, right? So you, you wake up on Monday morning, you wake up early, you get a shower, you get ready, you know, for, for your day. And, and if you have kids, you get your kids ready, you make sure that they're all set, and, you know, you, you fix their hair and you make sure that they, they have their lunch ready too. And, and maybe they buy lunch at school. I don't know, but you, you're getting them ready. You're getting you ready. You, everybody piles in the vehicle you drive or maybe they grab the bus and you go to your eight to five and you do your thing and you maybe grab lunch if you have time and, and you, you sweep home and you pick up your kid from school or aftercare or maybe they're, they're, they're home already and, and, but then they've got practice on that, on that day and so, or maybe they have a lesson that they've got to get to a recital or something or preparation and then you go, man, we, we need dinner and so maybe you have the time that you made dinner at home, probably not, so you grab dinner at the drive-thru as you're moving and then all of a sudden you got to pick them up from the practice or their, their lesson and you get them and, you know, and all of a sudden you get home and, and they've got homework and you you're going, oh my gosh, like, are you kidding me? Your teacher gave you this much homework and you do it and you, and you work through it. And, or, or maybe you grab some TV just to down, download, right? And just decompress and, and then you crash, right? And that's the Monday to Friday. And then you got Saturday, right? Well, Saturday, you, you, you had the practice all week. So you have the game, you wake up, you go, gosh, I have all these things around the house that I've got to get done. And, then, and we also have a recital and we have two birthday parties that we've got to get to. And gosh, my kid needs another cupcake, right? And so I've got to get home and, and, and we need more cleaning. And, and so we've got to clean the house. You know, the, the floor's a mess. The, the, the dishes haven't been done all week. The laundry's piling up. Who's going to do that? And I got to mow the grass in the yard. So I got to work out there and clean the branches and trim the tree. And, and then we get to Saturday and we go to church, maybe, 
Like maybe we, we have enough time to squeeze church in if we, if we aren't spent from Saturday or we don't have too many things that we've got to do, you know, on that Sunday that we didn't get done. And then we've got errands, we've got groceries that we, we've got to buy because everybody's got to get their lunches, got to get dinner ready for, you know, this whole coming week. And then we've got the start of our work week. And right now, some of you are totally stressed out because I just described your life and you're going, I can't believe this. This is, this is like, this is, oh my gosh, like that's my schedule. What am I going to do? And that's reality. And so most of us are not truly having a restful, worshipful Sabbath day of rest. And so for me in my life, like I have had good seasons of this and I have also had bad seasons where I've not done this the way that I know that I need to in my life. And, and so it used to be that I would justify uh, things for my work, right? I, I, would, I would have a phone call or a conference call or I, I would you know, do a meeting or allow a lunch even on my day off and, and I would justify. I'd say, well, you know, it's, it's ministry and like it's, I love what I do and like I'm doing it for God, so it's kind of good, right? And, and I mean, they, the, the, like they need me, so I, I need to be there. Um, no. <laughs> Like, no, that, that I was literally so just full of myself and arrogant and prideful that I thought that I had to be there, I had to be engaged. But in fact, I actually was taking control of my schedule and allowing those things to creep in and thinking that I needed to do them and honestly not trusting God that he could fill in the gaps in the times that I couldn't be there and, and honestly that God could really figure it out without me. He doesn't really need me to do that. Um, and so this is a spiritual habit that we need. It absolutely is part of our spiritual life, spiritual growth, a discipline that we need, and we have got to be diligent to practice it. We have to be diligent to do this. So I've been a pastor for about 21 years, and I have always taken Friday off. Like I have, that's just as my, it's my routine, both Pastor Nicole and I, like we, we do that. So we, we, we work on Sunday, we work Sunday to Thursday, and we just take, take Fridays off. And, and so our, when you read scripture and you understand what Sabbath is, is the, so my Sabbath actually starts Thursday evening, like as the sun goes down, like in the evening. So that, that's when my Sabbath starts. And, and Nicole and I kind of feel it, even the staff, you know, we, we all take Fridays off. And so Thursday evenings, like we love it because we know we're coming into our day off and it's great and amazing. And so on on Thursday evenings, we always just hang out together. Uh, you usually will do a family meal, or maybe Nicole and I will will grab a date, like that type of thing. Or, uh, but then you know we just it's calm and peaceful, and, and we just are in this mindset of that we're done. Like we check out and relax, and and so then I wake up on Friday morning, and I'm a I'm an early riser. Like I I, I just I wake up early, and so I'll get up and. So my youngest son uh, and my, my, my middle son, they have to be out, you know, for school a little bit earlier. Uh, so my middle son, he'll grab the bus, and, but I'll get up and, and, like, make breakfast with him or, you know, my youngest son, get him ready for lunch, you know, or get him ready for the day, maybe make his lunch, that type deal. I have to drive him, you know, on Friday mornings to school. But then when I get home, I get home around 9-ish, 9 a.m. Uh, from dropping him off at school. <laughs> and that's when, like probably two out of four Fridays, like, I'll go back to bed. Like, I, I, t I take my first nap at 9 a.m., um, and sometimes there are more than one uh, naps on that day off. And, or the other ones, I, I might make, you know, some breakfast uh, for myself. Like, I, I just, I like English muffins with some jam, and I'll sit out on the patio and make some tea and, and just kind of 
be there. Read my Bible out on the back patio. And uh, I don't work out uh, on my Sabbath. I, I don't pick up branches that have fallen from the trees. I don't mow the grass. Um, I don't do anything. And I know that that sounds crazy, but that's exactly what God wants me to do. And I just have gotten to the place where I do it and I love it and I need it. And many of you, you need it as well. Like you, you need it so bad that you, maybe you don't realize it. Hopefully you do. And just us talking about it, but you need to implement this. And so we need to just be still, right? And this is what God has intended for us. I mean, God Almighty intended for you and I to have a break. There was even one time when, um, when Jesus was out with the disciples and they were out on the boat. Like, how cool is that? Like, go out on the boat. It's pretty relaxing, right? I mean, a wonderful thing just to kind of drive around. And so they were in and around the, the, the neighborhoods and villages of the Sea of Galilee. There was a lot of towns that surrounded that, that area and that region. And so they would often be out in the boats, like kind of traveling across the sea to get from one place to another or, you know, fishing, that type of thing, you know. And, and so Jesus was out in the boat with his disciples. And then all of a sudden, a storm kind of rose up. And the thing that's interesting with the Sea of Galilee, there's kind of mountains that surround it. So literally, you could have like storms that kind of sweep in and over the mountains, and it causes a storm just to rise up like in that area. And you can see the clouds kind of building and then waves. And, and so the boats that they rode in were not like the boats that you and I get to drive around. So they, like all this, you know, and you, as, you, as you read the story, how it unfolds, the, the disciples, they were terrified. You know, I don't know if they couldn't swim well or what, but they, like, they were terrified and they were afraid that they were going to die. They thought they were going to drown. And Jesus is asleep in the boat while the storm's going, while the waves, and I don't know if it's just kind of the bobbing up and down, just kind of like made him calm. And made, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but Jesus is there asleep, and the disciples are flipping out thinking that they're going to die. And so the second benefit of being still is number two, is that, it's that we experience peace. And so in that story in Mark 4, verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And so this story is amazing. You got to read it for yourself. But as you look at this and you understand and you look at our lives, the peace and the calm that you and I long for, it only comes from the Lord. It only comes from Him. I mean, the reason that we desire the calm and the peace, right, that, that, you, that you want it in your life is because everything around you is chaotic and crazy. You're in the middle of the storm. It's like your life is constant chaos, constant crazy. I mean, there's chaos and, and constant busy in our situation all the time. And so we long for the, the quiet. We long for the stillness. We long for the peace. Uh, because many, for, for every single one of us, uh, you know, we were not designed for this. We were not designed for chaos and, and craziness. And in fact, it's often of our own demise that, that we have created the craziness. Because of our own decisions, we've created the scenario that we're in. And so whether we made decisions out of anxiety or fear or, or like just of concern of what was going to happen, like we have created the scenario that we're in. 
And so I just, I want to encourage you, like the Lord absolutely can and will lead us in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our circumstances, whether it's calm and still, or if it's chaotic and crazy. So, because sometimes the Lord is the one that takes us into the storm, right? It, it's, sometimes we create it because we slam our calendars for a but sometimes God takes us to this place where we have to, have to dig in and of ourselves and we've got to bring out this dependency upon him and need him and want him. And so he creates a scenario to drive us to that. But either way, in the midst of the storm that we created or that the Lord is allowing us to walk through, either way, he's the one that brings the peace that we want in the midst of the chaos. And so there's rest and there's peace. And this third point might be my favorite. Um, and it, the benefit of being still, the third one is knowing, just knowing. And so this comes from Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. And so we, in order to understand this verse fully, we need to understand the context of it. So this is written in a time and in a culture where these people would grow their own crops, right? They were farmers. They grew, they had their own gardens. They would eat the, you know, the fruit and the vegetables from the garden. They would grow them, right? And so that this is just understanding that they provided for the family or they would barter, right? They would barter with other people to get certain things. And so they didn't work like you and I do and then get like a direct deposit into our account. And then you and I go grocery shopping, you know, at the store and buy the things that we want. It wasn't like that. And so what God is saying in this is he's speaking out and that we've got to understand as well He's going, hey, even when you are still, I am working. Because even when they were taking a break on their Sabbath day of rest, those crops were still growing, right? So even we go, oh my gosh, like I've got to be doing it. No, 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 no. I want you to take a break. And while you're taking a break, I, w- I am at work while you're resting, And so God is saying, like, you need to acknowledge me. You need to acknowledge my presence. You need to know who I am and the power and the authority that I have. Just be okay with knowing me and being in my presence. And so I just, I want to ask, I want to beg that we would stop chasing like what we're chasing after things and, and some type of fulfillment that we think comes from activity. It's like we're scratching and crawling like through life that, that we've got to get to this place. Like we're going to get some type of epiphany by, by filling our schedules full of stuff. But really, we're just wearing ourselves out and we're overtired and stressed. And, and, and many times because of that, we take on this weight, right? We have pressure in our life, this weight that we're carrying and gosh, we're carrying it on our shoulders. And some of you, like there's this, even that heaviness in your chest. And it's easy for me to say, but we don't have to carry that. Like, and, and you probably have heard that before. Like, it's not your weight to carry. All those things, you were not meant to carry them. In fact, we don't have to. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And so... We've got to know that God has our best interest in mind. Like he wants to do the best thing for us. And he is capable and he's willing to do that. So we've got to kind of push all those cares that we have and push them towards him. And and so that life that you long for, 
that we all long for. We want joy in life, right? We want peace. We want fulfillment. We want to have purpose, right? We, we want purpose beyond ourselves. We want, to, our, we want our life to mean something, right? To do something important. All of that comes from knowing God. All of it. Every single aspect. So we don't get those things by striving or achieving. I mean, we get them by stopping and by simply being still in God's presence and who he is, where we quiet our soul and just simply know him as our dad. And so what that means is that we've got to relinquish control in our life. And that may be hard uh, for some of you because you're constantly trying to control things and situations to make sure that things work out the way that you want. And God is saying, whoa, 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 like what if you let me be in control and I'll lead you and guide you? And so what if we were so calm and still that we knew God and that he was directing us and that we could hear his voice and what he was saying? And it's in the calm and the still. And so... I hope that you're bought in. Like, I hope that, you know, you get this. And I know there's a majority of us that we need this and we know. And so how? Like, how do we do this? Let me give you just some simple things uh, that we can take and grab a hold of. One, I I think we kind of just have to realize how distracted we are. Like, let's just kind of admit, you know, we're too busy. Like even, even I've, I've met a number of older people that are retired and like, you're just so busy, like full of stuff and like doing things and just... And so here's what we've got to understand. Our culture is not going to slow down. Okay, it's not. I mean, it, it used to be calm and casual like a long time ago, but it's not, going, it's not that now, and it certainly is not headed in that direction. And, and, and for, for those of us that have kids, like, you know, you just kind of see your life just in fast forward sometimes. And even if you don't have kids, if you're a single person, you know, you just, you see your life just constantly like breezing by and it's going so fast, right? For me, like I have kids. So I see my kids. I remember when they were born and they were infants and then they were toddlers and then they're walking. We're so excited. And then it's their first day of school and you put the, you know, the picture and you post for everybody to see. And then you don't just have one that's at their first day of school, but you got two and then three. And then they're teenagers and they're driving. And then all of a sudden you find out they're, that, you know, that they're like, wow, I want to I wanna go. I want to move out. I want to go to college. I, I want to work. And, and then they're, they're out of the house and they meet this cute boy or cute girl you know, somewhere and they start their own family. And then, you know, maybe just things continue and all of a sudden you find out, you know, you got grandkids and you, you take this breath and you go, where, wow, my, like life just poof, gone. And so I've had the wonderful, beautiful opportunity to speak with people uh, before like their passing and they knew their time was coming. And here's the deal. None of them ever said, I wish that I worked more. None of them. None of them ever said that. In fact, they they often say, I wish I had more time to spend with my family. I wish I would have taken advantage of the time that I had. I would have done things differently. And so for those of us that are younger and we're still alive, and even if you're older, like you, you have life in you, we've got to take this and apply this. And so we can live and be still and rest. And we can have just this vibrant relationship with Christ 
where maybe instead of just him going alone, you know, out, out to the wilderness to be by himself, maybe we tag along. Maybe we go, no, 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 like I'm coming with you. And we go out to the wilderness too, just to be with him to, for our relationship. And so that's where we get the calm and the still and the purpose, right, that, that we long for. We know, like, and, and we, we want to have more boldness in our faith. And so where does that come from? It, I feel like it directly comes with, by spending time with Jesus, like, we're going to feel more bold. We're going to feel, you know, just inside of us. Like, I've got to share this guy. He's been speaking to me, and I've got to share this with you. And so we know we want this, and we know we need this. So we need to realize how distracted we are. Then what we have to do is just create distraction-free zones. I don't know what this looks like for you, but you've got to be deliberate to create distraction-free zones. And, and so for me... It's the first 30 minutes of my day. Like I wake up, I'm an early riser, I'll get up. I don't check my phone. I don't check email. I don't look at notifications. I, don't, I, like, I, just, I literally get out of my bed and, and I go and, I, and like I'll pray. I'll, I'll be on the floor. I'll kneel at my ottoman. I just, just time with God. Just still and quiet and just praying and just there. Like at least 30 minutes. I'll, I'll read my Bible. I'll, you, know, and, you know, just connecting with God and... And so maybe part of that time is like you're reading scripture or you're soaping and journaling. And, and so one of the things that I want to ask you to do that, um, that, that I've tried on numerous occasions and, and had some success is like I'll pray and I'll talk to God, right? And I'll share. And, but then I, I get to this place where I, like I want to hear from him, right? I want to hear from my dad. I want to hear from my heavenly father. And so I'll ask him to speak. Right, I, like there's things about I, I'm I'm a communicator, so I'll talk like uh, through my life and things, and then I'll just say, "All right, God, kind of your turn." Um, so, have you heard God speak before? Like, ha- have you experienced that? Um, and and many times I'll ask people, and they'll go, "Oh, I'm like no, no, no," and 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 so there's different ways that God speaks. One, like God can speak audibly, where we hear it with our ears, but oftentimes God speaks to our heart, to our soul. He'll speak to our mind, like in our thoughts, and He'll communicate. He speaks through His Spirit, uh, where we our spirit connects with His Spirit. He'll speak through His Word, through Scripture. He, like He wrote everything down for us to read, and that's amazing. That's incredible. But the way that we hear is by being still and listening uh, because there's so much chatter right in our world there's, it's constant we have to be so deliberate and create a distraction fee zone and so what if you did that and then you sit and you talk to god and you say all right god i'm gonna be quiet and i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna clear my mind i'm gonna think of nothing and i'm just gonna wait in silence to hear from you. Literally having quiet time with the Lord and listening. It may sound a little foreign. It may sound a little crazy, but it's incredible. Like it's transformational. And so what I need you to do right now is I need everybody to take a deep breath in. Go ahead, do it with me. Deep breath in and let it out, like nice and easy, it feels good, right, that's cleansing breath, like do it again, like all you yoga fans, like you're like, yes, like breathe in, everybody in, deep breath in, and breathe it out, right, and so now I have some verses on a video that I want you to receive from the Lord as he speaks over you through this video.
restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so, God, we quiet ourselves. Lord, we sit still, calm, and peaceful with you. Lord, thank you so much that you take care of every single one of our needs. All of them. Every single need that we have. God, you are fully aware of it. Thank you so much for loving us so much. And so, God, we'll sit here in the calm. God, we'll sit at the edge of the pond and look over it as not even a breeze brings a ripple of water, but it looks so clear, it's like glass. God, and we see you in that. We see the reflection of the clouds and the sky and the sun and the beauty that it is. God, we see you as we sit on the edge of the ocean and we look out at its vastness and are even overwhelmed at its capacity. And we see you there. God, we see you in the sky and the clouds. We see you in the calm breeze. We see you as the leaf falls from the tree to the ground. God, as we sit still. Lord, you are powerful and you are strong. You are right and you are good. And so, Lord, would you help us to get to the place where we connect with you on a deep and intimate level and just 